This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death. And you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 345, <laughs> recording date Sunday, October 29, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. I'm, I'm Kristoff. Thank you guys uh, for listening. We appreciate you uh, tuning in or tuning in. Wow. Clicking yeah. the button or <laughs> clicking your screen. Bringing us up on uh, the FM dial. Yeah, that's right. Hey, it's uh, it's Marty the Beard Man in the morning. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is Marty has a beard, too, so it's uh, ironic like that. Traffic and weather, weather and traffic together. That's what we got going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Marty the Beard Man's going to give me something stupid. Here's your elephant. Uh Thank you. Yeah, as Chris said, thank you for listening, and thank you to the Patreons, uh, our Patreon patrons, for yes. uh, supporting the show. Uh, we have a brand new episode of Schlegel Soapbox. Hell yeah! Uh, where he directly uh, attacks points we've made in recent episodes. <laughs> and so, you know what? It's good to know he's listening. Yes, yes. <laughs> At least there's one. <laughs> yeah, he's one of our clicks. One yes. of our two dozen clicks. Uh, well, it, it's it's a heck of an episode, and uh, I, I I think this is going to be. A unique one, Chris, because uh, you and I have been texting throughout the week that that uh, that we have opinions. Oh yeah, we have yeah. thoughts, and uh, things I, have occurred, and opinions have been made uh, based on set occurrences. And uh, takes will be hot. Yes, takes will be flowing, and yes. takes and cakes on a Sunday morning in the big city. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start with this one because uh, I, okay. I was talking with you about it a little bit before the show. So let's go right. ahead. The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. The Revolution. Okay, so I was just on ye old internet this past week. Uh, I've heard know, of steam that. powered. Uh, had to had to kickstart sure. it. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, just, just burn some coal. Just checking my feeds, saw a story come up on fightful.com, and uh, they were quoting Corey Graves on his official Ugh. WWE podcast. Mm. Okay, I'm already, I already have, I already have an opinion, <laughs> and, and it's, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hate whatever he says. Well, I don't know if you know this, Chris. I mean, we've talked about it, but I'd understand if you forgot. Next sure. weekend, they're back in Saudi Arabia for the tenth edition of Fifty Million Dollars that we don't want to explain where it came from. Yeah, main event: Roman Reigns, L.A. Knight, Universal yeah, yeah. Championship on the line. Yeah arguably the biggest face in the company right now in Mr. Los okay. Angeles night. Yes. Is that technically for, is, is, it is based on Los Angeles, right? I, I presume Not as like much, but uh, Leonardo Archibald Knight or something like that. <laughs> Probably something like that. Right? I, I don't think they've ever explained what it stands for. It's like CM Punk. There's, there's no real definition for it. Charles Montgomery. It's been explained. <laughs> Here's a headline I, I saw. Corey Graves, colon, L.A. Knight beating Roman Reigns would be, quote, a little disheartening and disappointing. Um, oh, um, 
This okay. is, I, I, and I'll read the full quote when we get there. Okay. This is one of your top announcers on yeah. an official WWE channel going, you know, that guy has got a lot of momentum. If he wins, it's going to suck. What the fuck? Uh, who, I... who signed off on that? <laughs> it is well, an official off on the show to like, begin with. WWF magazine back in the day did not go, yeah. oh fuck, Warrior One. What do we do now? Like that was not <laughs> that was not the, the move. No. No. Uh yeah, that's that's an interesting uh interesting pull quote there. Now do I disagree with him? Uh, not necessarily. I, I I don't think he's the best choice to be the guy who beats Roman. They've had well, there's a lot of different factors who were, here who would have been way yes. better, but. way better, longer builds, much yes. better stories, not on a fucking blood money pay-per-view on the cock um, in front of an American crowd who will understand what he's saying and, and appreciate the gravity of the win. Uh, do they even have weekly WWE in Saudi Arabia? No idea. I haven't the faintest. So uh, it's just like, all right, here's this fucking guy coming in against. Yeah. All right, we've Roman Reigns. We've seen him before. He's yeah. you know Ooh, big ah, Polynesian war chief thing. Yeah, let's go. Uh, okay, this guy who's this, this little this guy's coming guy. Let me talk to you, and they don't know yeah. who who he is at all, or, or understand what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a different country. They speak different languages there. Yeah, it would be a a weird, disappointing end to the reign. Um, but yeah, one, I don't see it happening in really any circumstance barring, you know, Roman Reigns has two arms decapitated on the way through customs. That's really the only way I can see this happening. Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso aren't able to get past the border and Paul Heyman just doesn't right. go because you know what? It's a little hinky for him in the Middle East right now. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Here is the quote. The full quote okay. to give full context because I just want don't want to sure. just focus on the pull quote. I want to give the whole. That's phrase. what the internet tells my guy. <laughs> Very true. Uh, fun side note from this week: uh, there was a moment this week where someone fucked up and post uh, posted an episode of Wrestling Observer Radio from last year in the feed. Okay, and it was like an October twenty something show, so you sure easily believe it was real. All the clickbaity sites. We're posting the quotes from that episode this week <laughs> as if it was new. Talking about how CM Punk might get a buyout and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, my uh, God. Guess wow. what, my dudes? That was 2022. Um, Pay attention. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's an old adage in this business. The money is the chase. You want to see your favorite chasing the champion coming up short and being denied so that they can come back even stronger. Maybe the timing isn't right, but maybe it is. Maybe L.A. Knight does manage to pull off the impossible, in which case, yes, it screws up all of Roman's grandiose plans for the record books, the few records that are left that he hasn't overtaken already, which that would be a little disheartening and disappointing from a fan's perspective. But L.A. Knight is the guy right now, the guy that people want. People are clamoring more for L.A. Knight. If he does manage to do it, you have a very valid point. Maybe a few weeks from now, people go, eh, that was our guy, but now he's at the top of the mountain. What? Did Ellie Knight like <laughs> shit in Corey Graves' coffee? Did did he make a pass at Carmella? Like I mean, you know, if LA Knight has a kink for pregnant chicks, you know what? <laughs> I, I I'm not mad at you, bud. I get it. 
Uh, you know, let me talk I'm, to you about your cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, let me talk to you about your placenta. What are you doing with that afterwards? Here, I don't know why I turned into Beetlejuice. But no one, no one went. Hey, Corey, can you can you cut that segment? Can you right? Can you maybe can you maybe file that down? Can you Is, okay? I'm not familiar with this. Is this? Does he have guests? Was he speaking to somebody at, he, during this point, he or is he just? Guests. Is it just? He has okay. guests, but like he just does like commentary a on, talk on the world of wrestling. Okay. You know, I think it's a beginning and the end. Uh huh. In the middle, he has a guest. Um, so kind of like what the fuck, but instead of someone who's been places and done things, it's Corey Graves. Yeah. Um, but this is an official WWE channel. You are. If not the, you're like the number two announcer in the company. And you're sure. not like Bobby Heenan this. You're not sitting there going, right. oh, you know, I think L.A. Knight is a piece of shit and his mother's ugly. Like, he's he's not doing that. Right. He is. He's talking about the business side of yes, things. He is like blowing up kayfabe entirely, which I admit is kind of the point of the show. It is. It is. is it, OK, I was yeah. going to ask that because I obviously never listened. It like it, it toes a line. But it, mm-hmm. you know, it's about him having sit down conversations with people which tend to talk about reality. Okay. So, okay, we're blowing up kayfabe. Fine, whatever. It's 2023. Kayfabe is definitely a vestige of the past. But there is a show in a week that you that have hours of television <laughs> promoting. This is the yeah. top match. No one said in the build to Mania a few years ago, oh, fuck, it's Brock Roman again. Well, we did, but well, we're we not did. official Sorry, WWE. No one from the, the WWE. Content. It wasn't like the, the fucking panel of doofuses that are random legends and Hall of Fame members and Kayla Braxton just trying to wait it out until she can go to ESPN. Right. None of them were sitting there going, I've already seen this. I, I don't understand why we're running it back. Like, right. What? Why did he get to do this? He can feel that way. I don't know. (laughs) I don't disagree. Like, I I think L.A. Knight is a perfunctory talent who's gotten very over on on his mic skills. And as he is rising, he's being shown that there's not a lot of substance. So I don't disagree with the idea that him being world champion would not be a lasting joy. But it is his job. To sell me on that show. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to watch it to begin with. I mean, I'm certainly not going to watch it now. Yeah. Yeah. He did did go on to reference the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 win, which, you know, nice to twist that knife saying, hey, you know, once you beat the game, you put it on the shelf for another game. Like. Okay. What? (laughs) <laughs> I, I, like, I was dumbfounded when I read this, that that not only a person of this notoriety in this – and look, I don't know how many people listen to After the Bell. Probably not a lot because, you know, you, you think this – you know, okay, a million five watch Raw. Uh, sure. A million five to two watch SmackDown. Okay, well, then NXT gets like seven, eight, nine hundred thousand – and it just keeps dropping. Do you get to the person who's like, in addition to all that, I'm going to listen to a podcast about WWE from the WWE perspective. 
and it just funnels down and funnels down. So talking ten of thousand, tens of thousands of people, likely. Probably. Yeah. Why? Why was this <clears throat> the the message to be given? Unless there's somebody going in the company, we really need to kneecap this fucking guy because he's in the way. Yeah. That's the yeah, only thing I, mean, I can think of. I could see that happening because, you know, Roman clearly is the guy and will most likely shatter any remaining records. I guess, what, is Bruno's record the only one left? I think. Actually, I don't know. Did uh, did CM Punk run past that one? I I, I can't remember because he was world champ for a while and he was chasing all the records before Roman. Punk's was 434. Okay. Uh, okay. So Roman has long eclipsed that. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I, I don't know. I, I thought Bruno had like a, a quadruple digit title uh, he, or a he, he, he record. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, not again. Yeah. I, don't I. I, I am not. It, yeah. I. I'm not uh, well versed enough in the lengths of title reigns. Uh, and you know what? There used to be a time where I could, off the top of my head, tell you like the modern era of WWF WWE champion. Yeah. I definitely can't do that now. Oh fuck um, no. And even, even though Roman's been the guy for the past two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two like, years, I'm, I'm, I'm like, good yeah, for pandemic know. through now. Roman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but it's through just, McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, McIntyre for a hot minute. And then, yeah, he, he just got absolutely shat upon, which is actually kind of the crux of his character now. Like he's becoming a heel because like every single thing has gone to shit for him over the years and he's grumpy about it. It's a, okay. it, it is a factual idea, which I which I think is clever. Um, yeah, <clears throat> based in reality. Yes, I get it. Yeah. But meanwhile, you have fucking Corey Graves, not just basing reality, just dumping on reality. I wonder <clears throat> if there's been any kind of shift in from the top now that there's a new top brass mm. uh, in how they you know provide content and. Um, you know, the opinions that are given and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. possible? I, certainly I'm not going to say probable, but, yeah. you know, maybe they want to blur the lines a little more and give a little more reins, no pun intended, to the people making these, uh, you know, opinions and stuff like that. Now, yeah. if do I think in a similar situation, Michael Cole would say something like that? No. Unless told? Unless no. it's explicitly told to, fuck no. <laughs> no. I mean, and he had <laughs> Taz, and then he and JBL had like an online show where it was like you know half reality, half kayfabe, and even then they weren't like you know what Edge is a piece of shit, and I don't want him to be champion. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it was that wasn't the mo. Um, yeah, the only thing I could think of coming out of this was this idea of okay, Paul's got the book now, and he might be looking at LA Knight going. I never liked this guy from the fucking start. Yeah. And Vince was just bumping him up because people lapped up. We're saying, yeah. Doing. You know, yeah. it was hundred percent sing along with LA night and it was working. So we're just going to ride this out and then crush him. I will say I did see a clip of one of the most funny, thi- one of the most funny, I just said, one of the funniest things I've seen was Roman doing his big entrance. And then as soon as he's about to raise the belt, LA Knight's music hits and he just power walks right by him. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a good bit of TV right there. 
And I'm not saying he's not charismatic. I'm not saying he's not a talented guy. He's just, he's the Miz with Steve Austin's voice. Like, that's pretty much where he's at. Yeah. And and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Like, the kudos to him for being on the wrong side of 30 and having his career come together. Right. Like, I, I think that's awesome for him. And I hope he gets a really good payday for this show. But at the same time, when you have official channels burying your shit, like, that's that's not good. The last time I, I, I was trying to think, when was the last time I saw anything like this? It was fucking Sonata and Jungle Boy doing press yeah. for Forbidden Door going, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> and yeah. we saw how well that worked on the live crowd in Canada. They right. were there for it. Yeah, because they were watching the matches before and after it. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they, uh, they were taking bathroom breaks. They were buying yeah. some cotton candy. It was a, it was a great yeah. time to be running a merch booth at that right. show. Yeah, concession sales spiked <laughs> yeah. during that segment. I, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, oh, it's gotta be clickbait, right? No, read through. That's silly. So dumb. So dumb. Um, what else news. dumb happened this week? Uh, I mean, they're building to this pay-per-view, so it, it's that, like, holding pattern where basically they're just, everyone's set up, and therefore, you know, they're just having matches until Saturday. Um, yeah. So not, not a lot storyline-wise, Nothing. not a lot you can really sink your teeth into. They even pre-taped SmackDown for next week because they're going to be flying. Right, um, right, right. Really, the the hot thing for next week is uh, they're going to do a weigh-in for the U.S. title match between Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul. Okay. So, okay. That's a thing. Um, what I thought was interesting, though, is uh, they announced a pay-per-view in August. Sorry, a PLE in August in Germany. Right. Yeah, the Bash in Berlin, it is called. Okay. All right. So we're going we're gonna to have another international... Uh, PLE uh, apparently, and and this you know this is secondhand because it's it's what uh, Uncle Dave was talking about on an episode of uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. Apparently, now that Peacock is the destination for these things, uh huh. There's a very big audience that watches the PLEs, and only a fraction of it is live. Right. So th- there's entire chunks of people like now literally millions of people watch PLEs, but half of them are just like, oh, it's on it's on VOD. I'll watch and I'll fast forward yeah. stuff and, you know, see what looks interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, they can do a pay-per-view at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon because it, it it's low stakes. Like, yeah, there might be other things going on at that time. And therefore, you know, uh, people aren't watching it live, but. Hey, what the hell? They'll they'll, they'll yeah. watch it, and that'll be that. Um, NXT's been doing uh, Halloween Havoc. Uh, week one was this week. We got new tag champions and Chase U. We've got a new women's champion as Becky Lynch dropped the belt to Lyra Vicaria. Okay, these yeah. are people I've definitely heard of. Yes. Um, so you know that that's what's going on. But otherwise, WWE pretty quiet. Uh, the the only thing that I will say overall, keep an eye on it. Uh, Endeavor the parent company of TKO uh, uh-huh. is looking to uh, sell. sell off parts of the company. They said <laughs> oh, the, the TKO company is unaffected by this, but uh-huh. um, 
they they ate a lot of debt buying UFC and then ate even more debt buying WWE right. and it turns out the economy's going to shit so they're yeah. they're looking to sell stuff off um so that could be Fun. interesting if just because like who ends up technically half owning the WWE at that point yeah. or whatever um wow. just just could be weird um All right, I'm ready. AEW this week, live in Philadelphia for Dynamite. Yep. Uh, then uh, Rampage, taped in Philadelphia. Collision, live in Connecticut. And I would like to just very quickly, high level, go through a list of people who were on Dynamite this week. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, buckle up. Glorious order. Rob Van Dam. Sting. Rick Flair. The Hardys. Fucking Christian. Edge 2. And then a whole bunch of random people who we actually really like in the main event. Yeah. Why? Were there so as I hit the mute button with rage, <laughs> why were there so many people over the age of 50 on the upstart wrestling program? That is a great fucking back question to back to fucking back. Yeah. You I, get uh, one. I do not know. You get one. You can have Everybody one. Gets one. You can't put them all out there at the same time. Yeah. There was a moment on this show where after Ric Flair made his surprise debut Uh and had a long talking segment with Sting, we went to commercial, came back, and Edge is on my screen. Yeah, they're calling him Adam (laughs) Copeland, but Edge is on my screen, and Sting comes in and just said, hey, I was hanging out with Ric Flair, and I'm going to yell at you for the next 10 minutes, and I guess Darby's over here in the back just kind of hanging out. Yeah. It was the most TNA-level bullshit I've ever seen on a Dynamite. Yeah. The only way uh... it could have been worse is if Adam Copeland was announced for having a match against Jeff Jarrett on Rampage on Friday night. (laughs) <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been that bad because we wouldn't have watched. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Sting is the exception to the rule at this point. Well, Christian, too. And oh, you know, Christian. I, I, yeah. Fair point. Christian as well. Rob Van Dam. Yeah, it's fun. It's fine. I get it's Philadelphia. Philadelphia sure. dub. I'm, I'm totally The connection fine. with Hulk. I get it. And for being a flippy-do guy. Past 50, still kind of looking like he's in his prime. Bravo, Rob. Bravo, yeah. Rob. This polyamorous lifestyle of yours must be working out really well for you. It's the weed. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's probably that, too. I have said time and time again mm-hmm. how futile having Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy on television is. <laughs> just just as a quick aside, did you see the quote come out from Matt Hardy this week saying oh. my body will tell me when I'm done? <laughs> I was like, brother, there, you're there not answering two quotes the phone. this week. There you're screening those calls. <laughs> not only did he have that quote, but there was one who was like, you know what? Me, Jeff, Adam, Christian, I think there's money in that. Oh, fuck you, Matt. 
I mean, yeah. No, there's not. The exorbitant money that Tony Khan would pay to make it happen. Well, no, it's the the, the high amount of the hospital bill That's before the, you will yeah. incur. <laughs> yeah, the amount of kinesio tape that will yeah. be used to hold all of you together. Yeah, uh, the physical physical therapists in the Cameron, North Carolina are the ones who went out on that. Matt had his resurgence in the late 2010s. Yeah, the woken stuff. Broken, woken, Woke, broken. Broke. It was fine. It was fine. It recognized that he needed to be more character than work. Yes. Yes. Now he comes out with some fucking 1990s action figure, five points of articulation, body movement. Uh-huh. And, and the he, same Geary he had in that era, too. Yeah. Same fucking pants that he bought from Hot Topic in the mid-90s. Yeah. Alongside his brother, whose face paint has gradually gotten dumber and dumber and dumber. Yep. Who, in my eyes, should have been cut after his DUI. Well, to be fair, he never should be brought in, but that's... There's that, too. But it's just like, (laughs) okay, when this is like your seventh or eighth, like, just, you don't get to to do this anymore. Yeah, well, the Usos learn from the best. You should not be making... Hundreds of thousands, if not, good God, millions of dollars a year. He came back from rehab and whatever, and he looked like shit. Mm-hmm. Moved like shit. Moved like shit. Look, look, honestly, kind of bloated. And I get it. People, after they use and get put on weight, like they put on weight. It's a thing. Fine. Sure. So I said to myself, Okay. Before he left, he had like a fun match with Darby and he was doing things here and there and weren't all that bad. Maybe this first match going a little too hard too fast. Give him time. Loosen up a little. It's been months and he's a fucking sack of potatoes in the ring. Yeah. So you got a guy who can't move his limbs Uh and a fucking sack of potatoes. With the Hardy Boys music playing behind it. But I I don't even know who this is for anymore. Great question. This whole match was because it was um, the Hardys and Brother Zay uh, going for the trios, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor trios championships. Did I say Cassidy died? Is he no longer with us? I mean, if he was having oh, his, not, sorry, uh, I, not as uh, Mark Quinn, sorry, Mark Quinn, Mark Quinn. Um, I think he was having his man titties removed and then had, uh, you know, had to have I do miss other corrective surgeries, barely filled water balloon titties. That, that was, yeah, that was, a, that was a so fun weird. little touch. It was so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't even know if he's still employed. I haven't heard. I any believe mention he is. Him. And last I had heard he was hurt. I, 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 as far as I know, he didn't like Dante Martin, his leg. So I don't yeah. know why he's been gone this long. And, yeah, and I, don't, I don't think I don't he's know. got, you know, the Kyle O'Reilly scary next. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, I. God bless Hangman Page and the Hardy or not the Hardys, the, the Bucks for trying the Bucks. with the Hardys. Uh, bless Isaiah Cassidy for trying. I was reminded briefly. Oh, yeah. Remember when Private Party beat the Bucks on like the Bucks. second or third dynamite. Yeah. How fucking cool that was. Yep. And I saw a flash of it as for the first time in God knows how long Isaiah Cassidy got to do things that didn't just involve doing his weird scream or his weird orgasm noise. Yeah. 
Yeah, he hit a silly string for the first he time in a fucking silly string. Year and a half or something. He had to do it <laughs> off of an opponent because yeah. fucking sack of potatoes and no limbs can't be there to do it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an underwhelming uh underwhelming segment. There was a fair amount of underwhelming segments on it Dynamite was. this week. I'm sure, Chris, you work in the corporate world. You've heard the parlance shit sandwich. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This was a fucking shit club sandwich because it was just stacked with a lot uh-huh. of shit I didn't need. But you yeah. want that bread on the both sides? Pretty good. Get that bread, man. <laughs> that, that fucking bread. bread was dragging me, kicking and screaming to the end of the show because. How do you feel about frilly toothpicks? I'm formed. <laughs> yeah. This club is formed. Spread the word of menus nationwide. <laughs> I felt like three quarters in a dynamite. I was Bart Simpson holding a crusty dog going, Oh God, it's going to be here. Oh God, it's going to be here. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> I have never felt this level of Stockholm syndrome during an episode of dynamite. There yeah. have been dregs. Do you remember the awkwardness of the first post COVID dynamite? At Daly's place, where Cody Rhodes is doing a monologue into a black void. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I felt less uncomfortable then than I did watching this show. <laughs> well, it was for a number of reasons. One, like, am I going to see one of these uh, septuagenarians die in the ring? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick was struggling to get in that ring. And when he left, he was struggling just to exist. Yeah. And at one point, I thought he was going to do the elbow drop on a jacket or something. I was like, brother, you, uh, you're going to yeah, shatter your pelvis. He's going to do that. He's not going to get back up. That, yeah. That jacket will win. That's, yes. Yeah, you're getting pinned by going. a hideous sequined situation there. I, 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 don't, I don't know why. This is what AEW – when I think AEW, I think innovative action. I think yeah. talent having the spotlight put on them who were – I'm going to use the Cody phrase – undesirable or undeniable and just right you know blowing up the wrestling world and what it could be and instead i'm getting the fucking dregs from wrestling history just sprinkled around the show i don't yeah. need that i don't care i'm not for it, it. yeah no me either man it's I, it's starting to become a problem uh <laughs> yeah like when it was just sting it was fine Wait, and and we go into this a bit in the initial in soapbox. I agree with what Justin said. Arn, Cody, fine. Yeah. Jake Roberts. But there, even then, there were points where I was like, why the fuck are Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts cutting a promo for this Lance Archer Cody feud? Cody can talk. Right. Lance Archer can talk. Like, let them do their thing. Right. I don't know who this was for. Looking at the ratings, yeah, they were against NBA. I'm not the only one who went, fuck this shit, I'm out. Because yep. top of the show, ratings were high and just dropped, starting mm-hmm. with fucking Hook and RVD. Nothing against Hook, but you've got Rob Van Dam, who last time he was important in professional wrestling was easily 15 years ago, and mm-hmm. the Dark Order, who have become ice fucking cold. Yeah. And I really like Reynolds and Silver. I think they're very, very talented. John Silver's given up on himself. The meat man is looking like a sausage. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one too many trips to Fogo. I, I don't know what's not going that I on there. Talk. Yeah, no, no, no. I, but I am also not a professional on television who has sure. built my name around being a little bulky guy. Yeah, he's still bulky in a very different way. <laughs> and also, they got fucking jobber entranced, which yep. is just an absolute damnation of that duo. And Evil Uno doesn't even get to work matches anymore. By the way, last match he had got a million viewers. It was John Moxley beating his ass and he bled everywhere. That was great. Just saying, you want to pop a rating? Apparently, you need Evil Uno to die. Like, that's just how it works. More on John Moxley later. <sighs> I just. I just didn't understand why why this was happening. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I, While I continue to talk about people who I don't understand why I learn television, I'm going to start with this. It's not who I mean. I'm going to get there in a minute. Tony Storm's character is fantastic. Uh-huh. Why does she have Luther as her butler now? No idea. Japanese death mask legend, apparently. Luther? Yeah. Chris, Jer- oh yeah, fucking Chris Jericho is on the show too, doing a fucking sit down that I could give oh, two fucks about. With some of the worst acting I've seen this side of Tommy Wiseau, yeah, looking like a bloated member of Poison. <laughs> Just <sighs> there was a, I mean, you you could argue when AW started why Chris Jericho was in the company to make stars, sure, and he made stars, and there was a period of time he consistently doing it. He made Hobbs. By getting killed. Yeah. He shows up, does a sit-down interview two weeks later. Is he covered in, like, tape? Does he have, like, a sling? Does he have a black? No. He's just fucking Chris Jericho. And he's fucking teasing that he's going to call Paul White and reform Jericho? Last thing I need in 2023 is is Jericho coming back. At first, I thought Mark Henry, but I was like, oh, yeah, he used to tag with, with Tall Paul. So, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And I could not give less than a fuck about that. I mean, do, will it be a cool gif of Will Hobbs um, uh, spine, giving a spine buster to Tall Paul? Sure. 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 Fantastic. But do I need to see a full, and knowing Chris Jericho, 15-minute, two-segment <laughs> The sort of situation with that? Uh, is, no, no, I do not. Is Jericho sitting there going, "You know what, Tony? Me and Paul, we did great business just, just, just a few years ago. Fifteen, just a few years ago, we, <laughs> we were a hell of a tag team." And then Tony, yeah, the whole thing re- was the name, though, and you can't use the name. Tony in his wrestling adult brain is just like, "You know what? You guys were pretty good. We should yeah. do that. You were champion. You were tag champs. Yeah." And and I will say. At that moment in time, they were effective as hell. Sure. However, now is not that time. No. <sighs> yeah. It, 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 were it not for the bookends of this episode of Dynamite, maybe the worst ever? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no disagreement. Like, I was struggling to continue to watch this show. I was on my phone through the majority of the bulk of the, the center of this. And God love God love Philadelphia. They were they were trying hard to be a great crowd. Wasn't there a Sheeta match too in there? Uh, there was, there was. Uh, it was uh, Sheeta and that? Ruby Soho, which was that's fine. right. It was fine. Yeah. It was perfunctory. Anyway, but the whole you know, and again, it's an ex WWE person, not 
clearly as old as the aforementioned um, people. Yeah. But it's it's pulling in. I, I have a I have a take on the vibes I'm getting from this current era of AEW, but I'm going to make you pay for it. So you got to go to Schlegel soapbox to see where my brain is going with uh, the, the current direction what's happening here. Um, And it's not great is what I'll say, but I'll, you know, definitely check out the soapbox if you haven't already for that. Um, The whole outcast thing is, is trite. It was trite when it, first started it wasn't very good at the beginning and now and that, I, you know I, I, I the fucking spray here. paint stuff and you know i i don't know man I, I coming out to her you know fucking a uh, domestic abusive boyfriend yeah boyfriend's music yeah um just some troubling troubling things here bad vibes troubling trends we'll call it i, I don't know where riho is i don't know where yuka sakazaki is actually i think yuka's hurt but Okay. I'm, I, I'm just like, you You have the talent. Just last week, we were like, holy shit, Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura. And Emi Sakura beat the piss out of each other on television Rolled. and they ruled. Yeah. You have the talent. Suddenly, I'm starting to go, you know what? Jade made the right choice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, there was what? One women's match or angle in the whole show? Yeah. Is that, yeah. you know. <laughs> pretty endemic of uh tony khan's booking to the women stars there not great or i mean i wonder because i know kenny initially kenny omega was trying to take hold of the it was him uh, and brandy who were co-booking right division yeah and i I i'm curious if kenny has any say these days in it um but yeah understanding it's it's a lot of dustin these days um because he's also doing a lot of, you know, training, the training in the ring sure. and all of that. That's fine. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm worried because, you know, I haven't sat down and watched it yet, but reading through the results from collision, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. that sounds like a barn burner of a show. They're doing okay. things there. Where I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Meanwhile, dynamite, the flagship show of the company. Yeah. Don't care. Like I, I, I struggled. I, I wondered why I was wasting my time, and I don't think I've ever said that during. Yeah, no, you haven't. No, and it's clear that these old er performers are not a draw anymore. Just look at the ratings and look where people tuned out. This is not why I tuned into AEW. Yeah. I wanted to see the young guys do all the crazy flippy stuff yeah. and not sell and not tell stories and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do all the shit that pisses Justin off. Uh, that's <laughs> I mean, I want to see fucking Pentagon break some arms. I want to see uh, Phoenix do some crazy plancha to the to the floor. I want to see Orange Cassidy do stupid slow kicks. Um, and, you know, I want to see John Moxley blade and bleed all over everybody like fucking uh, Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Fine. Been, Lou. Totally into it. That's yeah. what I want out of the show. So the the big story in wrestling right now beyond like well big business story in wrestling right now beyond um wwe trying to figure out where raw is going to go and hopefully getting more money for it because the stock market was like you didn't get as much money as you said you would for smackdown and you know aw 
putting all the chips in on WBD. Maybe we're getting a max deal. Who knows? It's the contract of Will Ospreay. Yeah. Undoubtedly, everyone's going to make a play for him. Sure. Scott Moore this week said, hey, we'd love to have him an impact. WWE apparently made a play for him years ago to make him the top guy in NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he turned that yeah. down. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's that's another Zack Saber Junior. We made the right choice, mate. Tweet, which is waiting he, to happen. Right? Yeah, he's, he, he'll have about fifteen less five star matches if yeah. that happens. But they have the money, and they have the mm-hmm. opportunity, and they have the spotlight. I have no doubt they're going to add a zero to his deal that he's going to go to for Tony Khan because I feel genuinely much like Jay White last year. Will Ospreay's AEW's to lose. Sure. However, based on Wednesday night, I don't know who the fuck Will Ospreay's going to have five-star matches with. Well, the talent is there. They're just not. They're in, just not on the, the fucking show. They're just not there. Yeah. They're there, but they're not on screen. Yeah. I, and that's I, a problem. I don't want to see Jeff Hardy versus Will Ospreay in a dream match. I, there's, You know that Tony's going to want to promote it that way. I didn't want to see Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. And, and while the match overperformed to my well expectations, it's still, I still feel that there were many other sh- matches that could have been done that I would have rather seen. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we talked about the possibility at the time. Okay, so Forbidden Door was in Canada, and Will Ospreay beat Kenny Omega there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to England, and Kenny Omega can beat Will Ospreay. Yeah. Nope. It, w- it would be this great story, because it all started because Kenny decided to go back and prove he was top shit gaijin in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Then they start trading wins and losses in their respective mm-hmm. countries. Like, it writes itself. Yep, yep, yep. However... <laughs> yeah, here we are. Judas in his mind <laughs> pops up. Yeah, well, you know, Chris Jericho fucking up a lot of people's creative because Daniel Garcia this week yeah, uh, yeah. mentioned what we all suspected is that the original plan was for Garcia to go with the BCC, but Jericho had other plans yeah, for he's him. Like, no, 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 no. Come on, kid. I need your heat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got some yeah. juice on you right now. I need that. Fucking I need that. hell. God, is that where the origin of all this QAnon shit came from? Wrestlers stealing heat from young wrestlers, just <laughs> sucking up their juices. <laughs> anyway, oh my let, God. let's try to talk about the show uh, and talk about what happened subsequently, because the other two shows this week were interesting. So mm-hmm. we'll get there. Show kicked off uh, with uh, Renee Pat backstage with MJF. He called Adam Cole on his phone. Adam Cole actually got to say a few different things. And then all of a sudden we hear Max, Max, as Roddy Strong mm-hmm. and his doofus squad pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, MDF hangs up the phone, said, uh, 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 or sorry, he hangs up the phone. Roddy says, despite knowing that MJF is behind the devil mask, they'll help him in that eight man tag with Bullet Club Gold. Right. <laughs> MJF proceeds to just shove Roddy's wheelchair, one of the best bits of physical comedy I've yes. seen in some time. <laughs> yes. And uh, he said, uh, tonight, after everything Juice Robinson has said about him, he's got a bullet with Juice's name on it, and tonight in Philadelphia, he's not going to miss. And then fucking 
uh, uh, Max Headroom style, we get a quick shot of the devil mask. <laughs> yeah. And then we head to the pyro and Hula Baloo to kick off the show. Um, I'm a little worried that as w- as we dig into more in depth, uh, that this devil thing isn't going to pay off the way that anyone wants. Um, but I, I think having it not overtly answered so far is a smarter move. Yes. But I'm going to need an answer soon, no matter how long Adam Cole's out with a broken ankle. Fair. So then the opening match was MJF and Juice Robinson for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I'm of two minds of this. Okay. I thought it was a very, very good match, and I thought the finish was super clever. Yeah. Uh, For those who didn't see it, the guns distracted the referee, who was Bryce, distracted Bryce so that Juice could put on his TJ Maxx bootleg ring. As he's doing so, MJF pulls out the real Dynamite Diamond ring. He gets to hit him first. One, two, three. So both guys tried to cheat with rings. He's our scumbag. Yes. Thought that was a fun finish. Kind of the antithesis of the LA Knight conversation with Corey Graves. I dare say there's more money in a loss there. Yeah, I mean, I think Juice could have used the, the, the bump there. He could have uh, used the bump there. And it makes Max look vulnerable, vulnerable. heading yeah. into full gear. Right. If he beats everyone's ass and calls them all tofu, it doesn't mean shit when he wins. Right. Plus, this was a rare non-title match. So you yeah. could have gotten away with him losing here. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's year five of him with a dynamite diamond ring. Which, I mean... I. I don't hate that on paper. I mean, it's it works well for him. He's adapted it and rolled it into his character. Um, so plus, you know, I kind of love it as, you know, him having another thing to talk shit about, like five five years in a row. You're not going to beat me, bitch, you know, yeah. sort of thing. But I, I, I'm finding myself, though, at the same crossroads I was last year, because last year it was Ricky Starks who won the Battle Royal. And yeah. the idea was if he, you know, won the match. He would possibly be in line for an AEW world title match. Right. They had a great fucking match and Max won and it took Ricky Starks all year to get back to being somebody. Pretty much. I'm not saying Juice is a talent on par with Ricky Starks. Starks is a guy you build your company around and Juice right. is one of the guys he beats on his way up. Right. He's, yeah. He's, he's that king. He's a second spot. fiddle. He's, yeah. that, he's that guy who can lose to anyone, but he's just enough of a threat that he's important. Yeah. Two years now, you've had an opportunity to go a more interesting place, but you got complacent. Well, is it that or is this something that Max's uh, contract? uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I I do worry about that sometimes because I know there's the whole contract thing where he called Tony Mark and that whole. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had some considerations put into his new contract uh, about some kind of creative control or input or something like that, uh, or the amount of losses he has in a year that are all mapped out ahead of time or something like that. Um, and which is not a great way to do business yeah. in, in this business. Re- really not wonderful. Um, but then we had uh, the promo train to end all promo trains in a, in a very sort of ECW way. We just went from brawls to brawls to people who have issues with other people brawling. And then we had promos that dug out of that, which then went into other promos that dug out of that. So, Max wins, the guns jump in, out come Roddy and the Kingdom, 
Mm-hmm. The kingdom gets absolutely fucking chumped within seconds. As they should. And then Jay White comes out. He joins the beatdown. They're about to uh, absolutely destroy Max. Out comes the acclaim and father. But crowd goes mm-hmm. wild because you get, you know, the fucking baby face is running out for the save. So now it's time for the promo off between Jay White and MJF. So Jay White talking about how, despite everything that just happened, he's going to beat MJF at the pay-per-view. Everyone's going to breathe with the switchblade. And then Colton Gunn's like, hey, you know what? We want a Ring of Honor tag title shot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, cool. That could be on one of the dynamites or collisions heading on the way to the, oh, it's yeah. going to be on the pay-per-view. Never fucking mind. All right. <laughs> okay. So Max has to do double duty again, and this again. time has to carry the guns. All right. Good luck. Um, I mean. Guns they, are good at bumping and feeding. They, they are. They are. They, we've said enough times they've gotten infinitely better than what they were. Turns yeah, out yeah. being in Punch the ring with a lot grade. of good teams can make you a good team. Yeah, who knew? So uh, MGF takes the match and he said, next week we're going to do the eight-man tag. Jay White will have to give me back to Triple B because it'll be Bullet Club Gold against MJF and three partners of my choosing. Right. Roddy Strong has a mic somehow. <laughs> He's yelling that, you know, it's clearly that Max is going to pick me. MJF told him to roll off a cliff and once again called Roddy Strong a bland bitch. I mean, he's not wrong. But he's not again. wrong. I've complained <laughs> about how he buries some people, but that one makes yeah. me laugh, so I'm okay with that one. <laughs> um, I'll allow it. Then MK, uh, uh, MJF is, you know, just motherfucking them. Max Caster pops up and said, well, that means you're picking us, right? And MJF said, in an analogy that I think he fucked up, even if I was on fire, I wouldn't team with you. I don't think that works. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's stupid enough for me. Uh, but despite all that, uh, Max Caster wanted to scissor. And uh, like that idiot in the Regal uh, pre-roll says, so you're saying there's a chance, even though it's very clear, there's no chance whatsoever. Yes. You just want to drop a movie quote. Anyway, no scissor. <laughs> MGF walks off. And here comes Kenny Omega. Going back to that well I was talking about that I really enjoyed last week. Everyone wants a world title shot. So, okay, right. cool. What what are we doing, Kenny? Is, is Are we going to get like a weird fucking mini tournament during the pay-per-view? WrestleMania 10 style? Yeah. No, we're fucking doing it in three days. <laughs> yeah, certainly a fucking choice. Look, I, I wanted to pay money for that match. I, I understand that. There's no reason it can't happen again. Sure. And it likely will. Sure. And and if all reports are true, we'll want another one. Right. Because apparently it was great last night. Yes. But three days for one of the, you know, top matches of two people who have never faced before. Yeah. No interaction. Yeah. Three days and you're going to play it on a Saturday night, the Saturday night before Halloween, where most people <laughs> who are watching the show may or may not uh, be enjoying uh, a beverage or two at a, at a party or a bar or something. Chris, I, me, me, I was at a party. Right. The, I know. I was at a party. Your audience isn't there. <laughs> like, it's just not happening. <laughs> no, look, I get it. It was, you know, college football and 
Does, has the World Series started already? Or yes. No? Okay. Yeah, so game probably, two was last night. Okay, so going against Game Two. two and I, yeah. I, I, you know, unsurprisingly, I tapped it on baseball once the Orioles lost. Fucking bullshit. Um, well, for the season, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in April. Anyway, sure. Pitchers and catchers report in February. True. <laughs> um, and I'm reporting in April. That's that's how it works. <laughs> um, so I get it. You, you've got competition. Maybe you could have done that eight-man tag on Collision. Maybe that's where the money would have been for Saturday. Yeah. Night because it's playing off of your top drawing. Like, this was the peak of the show. Like, 900,000 plus people right. were watching these segments. And then Wardlow at a vignette and Rob Van Dam was on TV. And they went from 900,000 people watching... 750,000 people watching. Yeah, that that's fast. not a that's not a it's not a good trend there, guys. That's not good. Yeah. Was the NBA on Wednesday? Sure. Were key games starting at nine o'clock? Sure. But that was a message, and they need to hear it. Yeah. And responding by taking one of the few things that can draw you money. And putting it on a Saturday show is not a smart move. Yeah. No, as good it's, as it's it, true. as it, as it apparently was, I, I love a good match no matter where it happens. I've watched great matches in front of tens of thousands of people. I've watched great matches that happened in front of 30 people at a fucking rec center in Pennsylvania. Right. But the fact is, if you have the ability to control when you can have a great match, you do it when people have to pay for it. That's and usually how making money in this business works. Yes. <laughs> anyway. I mean, you know. Yeah. I am I'm I'm repeating the same point, so I'm I'm gonna plow through here. Um we had the Wardlow vignette. Totally justified in his rage. He sure. went away. MGF is apparently a big big hero now and he's having a match in front of 80,000 people and he's not. Yeah, I get it. Wardlow wants to smash his head. Makes total sense. But also, he did get his revenge on MJF before Wardlow went away, so... True. You know. And then, uh, we had Hook and Rob Van Dam against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Look, Rob looked good. He was fine. Fucking Silver and Reynolds just getting dumped on. Uh, and then... We had RJ City introduce another silent film, Hold the Butter. And uh, he even <laughs> called himself not quite Ben Mankiewicz, which. Popping you and I yeah. exclusively. Yes. And apparently Ben Mankiewicz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who retweeted that video and said, I have no idea what's going on, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Best response you could ask for there. So then Tony Schiavone's in ring to welcome Darby Allen and Sting. Darby has a broken shoulder because he's very dumb. Yes, correct. Uh, Sting thanked the Philadelphia fans for all the memories. Thank Darby for being the best tag partners ever had. Shout out more people. Forgot that he was supposed to give the mic back to Tony. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sting uh, gave the mic back to Tony. And uh, Tony starts talking about how 35 years ago, Sting put pro wrestling on the map on TBS, which of course sent Dave Meltzer in a spiral talking about how, no, that's not true. We really put him on the map was in the seventies, but whatever. And this was the gift, a gift where Tony Schiavone himself 
on the control center, which no one except for probably people who write for Fightful watch, (laughs) said, there's never been a gift like this given to anyone in professional wrestling. Yeah, I don't understand the phrasing of that. So the gift is we brought out your number one rival. That's happened thousands of times in professional wrestling. Right, and hundreds with Ric Flair (laughs) being the person. So, you know, I'm not sure. Well, okay. Why was this even framed as a gift from Tony? Right. Right. Why couldn't he just have showed up? Yeah. If you're going to do it, just, yeah. you know, have Sting out there again, thanking the crowd. And then, you know, sh- sh- it could have been just, said in, in, at that moment. Shivani said, well, I'll tell you what, Stinger, uh, our boss, Tony Khan, has rang something special for you. Yeah. Here it is. Another face from your past. This could have been a multi-week thing. Like, have Luger come out one week. Have ooh, the Steiners ooh. come out one week. Don't give them a live mic. You know, just uh, just all of these different people yeah. from Sting's career. Uh, Didn't they already kind of do this with Muda too? They did. They did. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there there are there are ways they could have done this. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just, you know, piling on. Yeah. Yeah. But Ric Flair's music hits and the shambling corpse of Ric Flair comes out looking like the tar man from <laughs> Return of the Living shuffles Dead. Shuffles to the ring, yeah. Yeah, shuffles to the ring and, uh, you know, starts putting over Sting as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Nice guy's ever Which known. We, we and, know that's, we, this is not news to us. Yeah. And uh, Sting, uh, you know, he wants to know if Sting would have him. He'll He'll run with him to the end. Sting accepts and wants some flare chops across the chest for all time's sake. And Rick throws some of the worst chops I've ever seen out of him. And that includes the match where I'm pretty sure he was going to die in. Um, I've taken a shot from Ric Flair. (laughs) You have? I I have. Yeah. He came up to the radio station once. uh, And I was there and he gave me a chop. It hurt nowhere near as much as a Chris Benoit one did, obviously. Um, Because one of you knew wrestling or one of them knew wrestling was a show and the other one believed it was real. Yeah. Um, I I would have been fine if this was a one-time thing. I would have been totally fine with it. Especially if it was this, like, Sting, this is your life. Right. Arn but come spread out, out over. Have, have yeah. Arn and Tully come out when we have Nikita Koloff come out. Yeah. yeah like uh, Magnum TA, have him roll out. Like, just fucking all these people from. W- I don't know if El Gigante is still with us, but if he is, have him just walk <laughs> out on his Matt Hardy level knees. Just like keep keep bringing out these people from WCW past for a moment. Yeah. And not for a fucking match. Not Good God. for six fucking months. Yeah. I don't want to see Ric Flair on my TV at all, let alone for the next six months. So fuck I, you, Tony. I, I get it. They wanted him to be Andrade's mouthpiece. And then the Vice doc aired and they went, oh, yeah, that's right. 20 years ago, he sexually assaulted a woman on a plane. We probably should yeah. wait a little while. Well, not sure it's still a good idea, especially a couple of weeks after... Tony makes some remarks about Vince's proclivities, but you know, here we are. But uh Christian Cage music hit and said everything I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, pointed out <laughs> if, that if there was a god, Ric Flair would have died twenty years ago. Yeah. And Christian Cage, I award you my undying legion. Yeah. Uh, Allegiance. Hang, hang on. Don't, 
Do I have it? Yeah, that's right. That's why Christian Cage is this week's Roughhouse Podcast Wrestler of the Week. Thanks, Christian. There we go. Um, long story short, six-man challenge for full gear. Sting and Darby Allen need to find a partner. Please, God, don't let it be Rick. And uh, Sting accepted the challenge. So then we go backstage for the- Let it be Andrade. Yeah. Uh, sure. We, we have the um, backstage sit-down with Chris Jericho. Uh, where he talks about wanting to get revenge on the Callus family and acting and talks about wanting to bring in a guy even bigger than Will Hobbs. You know what? Maybe that will be the stuffed corpse of El Gigante. Maybe that's what we'll do. <laughs> Roll him out like a Trojan horse. <laughs> um, the elite successfully defended the six man tag belt ring of honor, six man tag belts yes. against the Hardys, which reminds me. Who has the trios belts again? Oh yeah. It's the acclaimed. Are they defending them randomly on shows? You don't watch. Um, then yeah. we had Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana invading the home of Hangman Adam Page. Okay. I mean, home invasion angles are a mixed bag, a mixed bag. I mean, you, you're never going to recapture the lightning in the bottle of Pillman Austin. No it disagreement. Was chaotic it was the best there will ever be of that crash tv at its finest 100 percent um my issue here is that it doesn't make sense so really doesn't they just walk in open door yeah walk into the house they don't break in or anything yeah and could this have been shot like vertical as if it's like coming from prince nana's or, or or swerve's camera right I mean, shit, if this was a live promo, I doubt it was, but if it was a live promo, what if he took over the AW Instagram and it's airing live while it's airing on television? Mm. Okay. Okay. Sure. L- little, little bit of legitimacy, which takes it to that next level. Yeah. But also, where was Hangman's wife? Was that child yeah. just home? Just, just hanging out in the company crib by itself? No. Right. Like, yeah. and obviously they don't show the child and I'm fine with that. It's very Im- much implied that the child is there sleeping in the crib with yeah. Swerve working over it and leaving. What was it? A bandana or, uh, or like a, a Prince Nana shirt. That's right. A pri- <laughs> which is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the modern day horse's head, a Prince yeah. Nana shirt. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, it makes Swerve. More of a vile motherfucker. Yes. Character wise, I get it. An execution. No. I don't know if it was the most effective thing. I I I was gonna say a a where a rare whiff for Swerve, but then you know he had uh, what was it Balkan Skull as his teammates originally in the Mogul Embassy, and then uh, oh yeah uh, he tried to get what up turds over as his catchphrase. Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> For as many good moments as he's had, he's had some low moments. This unfortunately still better than his run in NXT. One hundred percent. This unfortunately is definitely leaning on one of the not so great moments. Just because logically stuff didn't make sense. How? Yeah, it didn't make sense. How'd they get it on the Contron? You know, like how? how Which again, like if they had done something like, oh, he's taken over like the social medias. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, Prince Nana, known for sending emails asking for for you know money uh, to yeah. you know whatever, a known uh, African prince, uh, also is a hacker. You know, he could have yeah. you know hacked into the truck. Hacker man. And, and what he does. yeah, you know, exactly. I did. I did pop for Nana going. Ooh, chocolate covered berries. I love these. <laughs> it's it's lovable enough that Prince Nana is on television in 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a joy of a character. He like, is great. I, He's great. I'm, I'm so happy for him. Um, yeah. I, I have no notes for him. Yeah. But I do have the big note of maybe we stop home invasion gimmicks entirely because... Yes. Un- again, unless you're going to try to add that little edge of realism to it, right. don't even fucking bother. Yeah. Um, Renee Paquette. Backstage with Adam Copeland when Darby and Sting show up, they go back and forth. It kind of looks like it's going to be that Copeland's going to be the sixth man, but <sighs> poor Adam, he's he's conflicted. He doesn't know if he wants to do it. Also, Sting said that he and Edge go way back, to which Not I started sure to do true. the math and went, wait a minute. He never interacted with him in WCW because uh-uh. Sexton Hardcastle was there for a hot minute losing to people on WCW Saturday night. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the area that he was just hanging out in the rafters. And then when Sting was in WWE. Edge had retired. Edge had retired. So yeah. they go way back in terms of what, like two weeks ago? I, I, I don't really know what we're calling way back. Now, Christian and Sting maybe. Maybe in, in the act they have they yeah. have TNA history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that at least makes sense. But and and they've been feuding for months, right? Well, yeah, but history. I mean, like in terms of a history outside of AEW. Sure, sure. I I don't know why that's logic. Also, I don't know why Darby Allen, your future, of the fucking company, is not even in frame as much as Renee is. He's not the future of the company, man. He's well, yeah. been said many times. That's he's fair. there for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, he, he he's a supernova burning out in front of us. Yes, exactly. But still, he's the supernova that you need to put over right now. Correct. Not the sixty-year-old man and the fifty-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> the car machine exasperated. Soho. It was a match that happened. Um. Tony Storm post-match comes out and poses for the crowd. She is very confused. And Taz is just giggling his ass off. Yeah. Bless you, Taz. Okay. But I digress. Renee Paquette (laughs) backstage with MJF, who appears to be possibly more steroid pimple than man at this point. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ask him about. I mean, Max, you look great. You can you can ease off. Yeah, all yeah. right. Cycle Just maintain, a little my bit. guy. Just maintain. Um, Down cycle. Uh, so uh, Renee's asking about everything that's going on. When Joey Samoe pops up, applauding, he's like, "You know what, bud? I'll be a friend. Seems like you don't got no friends. I'll be your friend." And I love this Joe. I love this Joe so much. Yeah. And he said, "Because you know." Because it's Samoa Joe, he's going to turn on the motherfucker on a dime yeah, when and, it benefits him. And he just basically spelled it out. He's like, look, I'll be your friend, and then you'll give me that world title shot. Yeah. And it hasn't implied, and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, I, uh, although the 
the profile of Samoa Joe is fascinating to me because his <laughs> chin kind of comes up and his nose comes down and they almost meet over his mouth. It's, it's, it is quite a sight to behold. Yeah. Um, he, he in general is a sight to behold. And also a sight to behold was this week's main event, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli against Man. Orange Cassidy and Kazuchika Okada. This made the muck that we had to go through over two hours. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. In, in in five weeks, I will remember nothing else that happened on this dynamite. I will remember this tag match. This was phenomenal. Uh, so much fun. Four of the best in the world right now. Sure. Doing the damn thing. Yeah. I, I didn't realize until they said it. Cause I was sitting there, I was thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. Had they ever interacted first time for Brian Danielson and Orange Cassidy in a match together. And wow. Maybe first time for Claudio and Okada. Uh, they were in the six man at a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, right. And definitely not the first time between week. Danielson and and sure. Okada. Um, but it felt like a big deal. It did big fight feel. Everyone was busting their ass, and apparently, unfortunately, Brian Danielson busted his face. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! And and I thought legitimately because you know there was no real update. Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday until collision. Yeah, and, I even texted you yesterday yeah. morning as I was watching and it. And I'm like, I, I think it was a work because yeah. no one said, oh, he's getting looked at or there's an injury or right. whatever. Um, but the finish was Danielson eating an orange punch and a rainmaker, and then I think it was mm-hmm. Claudia who ate an orange punch for the uh for the pin. Post match, he's getting checked out by the doctors. And no, my, Claudio. Oh, Claudio got the pin on OC. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claudio yeah, yeah, yeah. pins OC. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah. Because that, that builds the international title match for next Right, for, which, for this week, yeah. Which is gonna fuck. Um, yeah, very excited. So post-match, it's like this weird, awkward ending where, like, yes. Danielson's getting checked out by the doctors, and in my head I'm going, I, I'm seeing that that fightful headline, Cody taught me how to lie, I love lying. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, okay, this this is the build for the Tokyo Dome. Sure. He got rocked twice now. Yeah. So now Danielson's going to pop up at, like, Power Struggle or some shit, and he's going to murk Okada and, you know, break his leg or some, quote-unquote, break his leg or something. Yeah. And Okada's going to have to, violent, you know, valiantly fight for the injury while, you know, Danielson's healing up his so they can have that mm-hmm. fucking one-on-one match. Healed both guys. Tokyo Dome. 60,000 screaming fans. I, I thought it was a great build. And, like, Mox and Yuta pop up. And, mm-hmm. you know, they... The, the best friends come out. The best friends come out. It it, it, it kind of starts to look like post-separation Tyson-Austin. Because there's, there's just all these people around the ring. And, like, it, it right. feels dangerous. Yeah, but also, uh, and I was paying attention to Doc Sampson because he was like verbally telling Brian, like, "No, you can't touch anybody right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you stay fucking down." Yeah, but uh, even so I was, I was like, sitting eh. there going, "Like, yeah, is this is this because it had that like, what the fuck is happening right now?" Feel and and I enjoy that because I didn't yeah. know was that a real injury? Was that right. a worked injury? And then, like, fucking Hook and Yuta get up in each other's shit. Yeah, they're staring each other down. And I'm just like, all right, I'm in for that. Yeah. Um, and I just th- thought it had this cool feel, and they go off the air, and, like, th- with this weird feeling in the air. It wasn't like it's a disjointed. wet fart. It was just like. Yeah, yeah. It was like, what's happening? Yeah, what is happening right now? 
Yeah. And I liked that. Then it turns out he was really hurt. And, uh, yeah. Felt yeah. And that sucks. Bad about it. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> well, it sucks less than I thought, but we'll talk about when we get there because then Friday we had the show we've been waiting on the show we've been waiting on. It turns out this week actually worth the time as we had yeah, I, the first rampage I've watched in six months plus probably. <laughs> so we had the no DQ match between Santana and Ortiz blowing off their feud. That was exclusively on rampage. Mm-hmm. I've heard many people all throughout this week go. It's on Rampage. Rampage doesn't matter. Why isn't this on Dynamite? And I'm just going to say, if Rampage doesn't matter, how will they make it matter? Exactly. By putting matches like Santana versus Ortiz that matters. Yeah. <laughs> on it. Yeah. But of course, people are going, nothing ever important happens on it. And the minute something important, it shouldn't be happening on there. That's not the important show. Right. How you try to make it work. Ratings-wise, it didn't. But I digress. <laughs> Santana and Ortiz had a really awesome hate-filled brawl. Yeah. Um, a little snug. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be one and done for them. Because as much as they were a great tag team, they had chemistry in a match, which sometimes just isn't a thing. Sometimes tag teams yeah. go one-on-one, and it's shit looking at you, Hardys. Um, this this was awesome. I, I had a great time with this. I, I think... Uh, Santana looks incredible now. Um, I forgot how awesome Ortiz is in the ring. Yeah. Uh, Sanjay Dutt trying to recruit Ortiz to yeah. the of fucking idiots. I'm not so hot about. Um, Same. Yeah, it was, rec- it was a recruitment rampage tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Friday night. W- was not very into that, but I, I, I want to see where they go now. Yeah. From something on rampage. I want to see where they go now. Um. There was a really cool video package about the Kenny Omega MJF match, putting things. That over. was a great, that was a great, uh, like six minute, you know, promo video putting over everything that's happened. And they're, they're basically their collision course. Yeah. All uh, it was missing was my way from Limp Bizkit. Pretty much. Which would make um, any video package better, to be so honest with you. Then in the video package, Jay White interrupts Kenny Omega, which is him luck and challenges him for full gear. Should he win? And that's where I'm starting to go, oh, maybe maybe this is going to be like a triple threat to do or something like that. Mm-hmm. They'll go mm-hmm. 60 minutes and right. you know, there's there's going to be, you know, because they had only so many matches announced for Collision. They could do 60, right? Yeah. No, it's not where they went. <laughs> I digress. Um, MJF was offered a spot in the Don Callis family. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And told Don Callis to get his forehead checked out. <laughs> Looks like, like a vagina. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Renee Paquette then had an interview with Sky Blue, Will Nightingale, Chris Statlander. Chris wants to know what's up with the spooky babes. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, Sky Blue's like, I don't know. I'm fine. You're the one who's weird. Um, <laughs> Sky Blue is fine. Um, but to, to circle back to the Cal's thing real quick. Oh, sorry, th- th- yes. No, no, that's okay. MJF turning him down added another target to his back. You know, now he has to look out for the Don Callis family. That's very true. Which is growing. Hobbs, Takeshita, Kyle Fletcher, presumably Mark Davis, presumably Will Ospreay, unfortunately, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Like there's, there are options there. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Kip Sabian 
happy to be on television with a microphone in his hand. Oh, I fast forwarded um, this bit. Sorry. Well, he, he was there to uh, <laughs> whirlwind dunk on Philadelphia sports. Yes. Which brings out the returning Mark Briscoe and uh, uh. Briscoe beats the crap out of Kip Sabian and sends him out of the crowd. Uh, he was, Mark Briscoe described as a man with as many teeth as the Eagles have Super Bowl rings. <laughs> Good stuff. Great um, line. Sorry, Rick Bunny. Renee was then backstage with the former JAS, and I just screamed, "Win, Lord, win! When will you get Daniel Garcia out of this fucking albatross?" Yes, he's out of this hellhole, this dank urine sank, urine soaked hellhole. Uh, can you know the uh. pee pee soaked heck hole? Is that possible? <laughs> yes? I object to the phrasing. Uh, we had a number one contenders match for a women's title match on Collision the next night, as Abaddon defeated Anna J. Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue because it's Halloween season, kids. Right? Yes, exactly. Give the spooky broad one, uh, one, one, one big match <laughs> the weekend before Halloween. Um, they then uh, decided to build an angle for Collision next week, not Saturday, but next week, as the acclaimed will be celebrating the 69th day of their Trias title reign. I mean, it's it's on brand for them. Yeah. So. I'll allow it. And then the main event was Kanasuke Takeshita against Kyle yes. Fletcher. Yes. And this, of course, was playing off the fact that Kyle Fletcher apparently let the Callus family down. Right. And then these dudes in front of undoubtedly a very tired, very disengaged mm-hmm. crowd decided we're going to have the greatest main event in Rampage history. <laughs> Strap in. Yeah, they beat the fuck out of each other and it was glorious so goddamn good so yeah. goddamn good if i'm mark davis right now i'm worried mm-hmm. because somebody is starting to look genetified as Kyle <laughs> fletcher gets to just deliver and deliver and deliver on his own yeah this i mean both of these guys are so good tall imposing you know, built yeah. and hit like a motherfucker. Yeah. And good God, this was my shit. I, I, I hate to use the old wrestling parlance, but they're studs. That's what they are. Like they're, they are. Uh, yes. Kyle Fletcher probably needs a more modern haircut because right now he looks like tall and Jack Jimmy rave, but all <laughs> in all, these guys rule and they had a great match and they got the crowd into it. And it's just like, they did. fuck yeah. This is what rampage needs to be. It needs to have good yes. stuff on it. So people bother watching it. Like we did both of us. If, if I had a complaint and this is a very Justin style complaint, sure. it's that Kyle Fletcher kicked out of an avalanche bastard driver, essentially, uh, which looked absolutely brutal and probably should have been a finish, but it then led to the finishing sequence, which absolutely fucking ruled. Yeah. So, after the match, Takeshita throws Kyle Fletcher out to the floor to celebrate with the rest of the Callus family. Kyle pops back up with a chair, goes after Takeshita mm-hmm. and Hobbs. Hobbs no-sells no the chair. He goes to shoot murder Kyle Fletcher. And Callus uh, is like, no, 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 no. This is my apprentice. He's showing us the hate that I wanted. Yeah, it was it was a very um, 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 Darth... Um, uh, Sidious, uh, yeah, sort of, uh, it was very Palpatine-esque. Yes. Is yeah. what I'm getting uh, which, at which there. I, I, I'm fine with. And, uh, hey, it, it gives the dude an edge, which, which I like. And yeah. then last night was... Hey! 
which of course, because it, it was Saturday night. It was literally Saturday. And uh, we had Collision. Chris and I have not had a chance to watch it. This was from Connecticut. It's going to run through some of the results. Jay White defeated A.R. Fox. Ooh, in, uh, okay. It was a, uh, uh, a, a, apparently a very good match. Uh, A.R. Fox, shockingly, not getting a random title shot in his return to AEW. <laughs> um Post-match, MJF tries to steal back his AEW world title, but Jay White got the belt back from him, and then MJF bailed before Bullet Club Gold could get their hands on him. Okay. Um, the acclaimed was then backstage, Caster putting over that he thinks MJF is going to be front row for National 69 Day next week, but Bowen says, I, I think that's actually a catfish he got there. So, <laughs> not, not happening. Uh, the guns... Defeated the boys, as in Dalton <laughs> Castle's boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, short match, uh, just you know, a match to put over the guns, and as they beat Ring of Honor talent on their way to getting sure. a Ring of Honor tag title shot. Makes um, sense. They showed the video package for Kenny Omega and MJF, variant of the one that they had on Friday, and then Danhausen. Uh, the video played again. Another spooky time. vignette. Another spooky vignette, but he also wished everyone a happy Halloween. So okay, good for you. Maybe he pops up on Wednesday. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Lexi Nair was then backstage with Ryan Nemeth. Uh, he had a big surprise saying, uh, you know, he's had a lot of success lately in Hollywood and now I'm getting myself a manager. So he walks up to CJ Perry's locker room, knocks on the door, wants her to manage him. And, uh, well, Miro was behind the door and absolutely murdered Ryan Nemeth. (laughs) Okay. There's that. We had the Fright Night fight between Hikaru Shida and Abaddon. This was your standard Halloween spooky theme plunder match. We're getting yeah, one of those yeah, yeah. on Raw this week, too, as they have the Trick or Street fight match between uh, uh, Natalia oh, and okay. Chelsea Green. Um, but yeah, uh, foam uh, uh, tombstones and candies pumpkins and, and pumpkins and all sorts of dumb shit. Uh, Shida retains. After the match, Tony Storm pops up to prance around once again. Tony Storm should have gone full Bride of Frankenstein, though. Let's be honest. You gotta if you're gonna commit to the gimmick. You know what? Although she probably looked pretty rad with that hair. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she looks pretty rad in most situations. Uh, We had promos from Dax Harwood and Ricky Starks putting over their match tonight, Uh, and then we had a Keith Lee and Shane Taylor promo where they just continue to cut promos on each other. And don't really interact. Okay. Uh, Samoa Joe defended the Ring of Honor World Television title against Rhett Titus. Remember him, Chris? Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. he got murdered. And then uh, Renee Paquette backstage with QTV. Harley Cameron saying they've got a new music video. And their soul thing? Yep. QT Marshall talked about his AAA Latin American championship, and he said he's going to start defending that title in AEW, as there's no Great. God. Uh, <laughs> We got a promo from. <laughs> I end it there, but there's still more to talk about. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, Claudio Casagnoli does a promo talking about Brian Danielson, saying he broke his orbital bo- orbital bone, meaning that he will be out for the rest of the year. Which sounds a lot more dramatic than it is because yeah, November is Wednesday. So true, true. Yeah, and Wrestle Kingdom. Uh... Is yeah. technically next year. So. Exactly. So the, you're saying there's still a chance. C Max, that's how you do it. You don't just 
throw it out there in a situation where there's no chance. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, well, that, was, he, uh, that was the whole crux of Jim Carrey's delivery in Dumb and Dumber, though. I think I, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I feel like there was a very, 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 very minute chance. Just not. Okay, no. well, all right. Fair. Anyway. Claudio wants to kill Okada and he's going to beat the shit of Orange Cassidy on Dynamite. Okay. Uh, Ricky Starks defeated Dax Harwood uh, before the bell rang. The lights went out and then the house. Sabu? Of Bla- Not Sabu. It was a house. No. House of Black. House uh, of Black. We were sitting in the crowd because, you know, there were seats available, it turns out. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, certainly have been. Uh, Big Bill uh, gets involved for the finish. Pile driver from Ricky Starks gets the pin. Uh, then the lights will go out again. Julia Hart returns, appearing mm. on stage. Lights go out again. House of Black in the ring, uh, joining uh, Ricky Starks and Large William in surrounding FTR. Then all of a sudden, LFI runs out and starts beating the piss out of House of Black. So, okay. Apparently, we're getting LFI versus House of Black and House of Black against Blackpool Combat Club. And apparently FTR is in there somewhere. Like, I, again, much like the MJF thing, are there a lot of pots boiling? Sure. But yeah. I, I like these pots boiling. It's 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 Roosh, Preston Vance, and, and Drillistico? Yes. Okay. And interestingly enough, segment right after, Lexi Nair backstage with Andrade. Andrade gets asked about the offer from CJ Perry. Is he going to take it? Especially when LFI is back. And Andrade said, he's a businessman. And all of that is his business. And that's it. Okay. So maybe he's going to join back up with the guys. I don't know. I, I would like to see it happen. Especially because mm-hmm. Andrade had kind of a mini feud with the House of Black when Collision started. So right. I'd like to see it happen. But I... Just double back. I'm totally into LFI against House of Black. That like sure. Roosh and Brooke watch those beating men. the piss yeah. out of each other sounds like a great yes. time. Yeah. Um, commercial break. Then we got Lexi Nair again backstage again with Chris Statlander, Willow, and Sky Blue. Um, they still have issues. Mm-hmm. Claudio Casagnoli beat the shit out of Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Oh, uh, yeah. Hot Sauce! Yeah, he's back. Uh, he eats a label lock for the finish as uh, Claudio gives some love to Brian Danielson, uh, who's on the shelf. Then we saw MJF and Kenny Omega preparing for their world title match. Joey Samoe walked up to MJF once again, offering him his friendship. And uh, Joe said, I don't need an answer. Just tell me to say my name if you need any backup tonight. Okay. And then uh, MJF, Kenny Omega, <clears throat> apparently a great fucking match. Uh, there was a hole to do with Don Callis coming out that did mm-hmm. not lead to the finish because I thought for sure with them having this match, it was going to be a fuck finish in some way. Sure. Um, sure. Don Callis showing up is what resulted in Kenny Omega not being able to do the one wing angel, which still is super protected because he didn't yeah. end up hitting it. Um, MJF uh, hit Omega with a super kick, Panama Sunrise, and then the Heat Seeker for the finish. And now he's going to be the world's uh, world, sorry, the longest reigning world's champion in AEW history. And as the show goes off the air, they cut from backstage to backstage to backstage. As Joe's watching, Wardlow's watching, Hobbs is watching, and Bullet Club Gold is watching. So okay. everyone wants a piece of MJF. 
And then, uh, yeah, we're going to have ourselves a, a Dynamite on Wednesday. I think the only thing they've really announced so far is Claudio against Orange, which, I mean, that should be awesome. But please, God, please just don't put the Hardys on television. That's, I don't want to have to go <laughs> Elvis on my television. I like my TV. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, note to Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, check IDs at the door. Mm-hmm. If there is uh, anything prior to 1980, um, kick them out of the fucking place, please. And thank you. <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Do you have an upcoming no DQ, barbed wire, steel cage, first blood, loser leaves town, tampon on the pole, boiler room brawl, ambulance, buried alive, casket gauntlet, a stretcher match coming up? Then you need to visit the Foreign Object Warehouse for all of your foreign object needs. Need a sack full of thumbtacks? We got it. A baseball bat wrapped in bacon and barbed wire? We got it. A 2 by 4 with a nail in it? We got it. A kendo stick? We got it. A guitar to support your rock or country star gimmick? We got it. A bedpan for those visits to the local medical facility? We got it. Gardening shears a la Brutus Beefcake? We got it. An Irish shillelagh for St. Patrick's Day? We got it. A bullwhip, urn, scepter, cane, megaphone, nightstick, sledgehammer, or brass knuckles? We got it. That's right. Foreign Object Warehouse is your one-stop shop for any and all foreign objects you might need before heading up to the big upcoming show. Conveniently located at 303150 Generic Boulevard in Parts Unknown, Foreign Object Warehouse is here to arm you to ensure a dirty victory. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where the only thing foreign to us is high prices. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where cheaply manufactured tables, ladders, and chairs are born. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse will not be held responsible if you lose via disqualification, get buried alive, run over by a gold Lincoln, or go blind from a face full of baby powder.